Do you want to go down to a 40-hour week without losing revenue? If you're ready to let go of all the extra hours, the stress, the overwhelm, and the clients who hijack your time, consider my signature program, Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind. In it, we'll get your accounting practice under control. We'll fix your pricing problems. I'll show you ways to price so you stop giving away the farm so you bring in more revenue for the work you're already doing. I'll help you disengage the clients who are good people but are holding your business back and slowing you down. I'll help you package up your services and design them so they're easy for your clients to understand and choose from while helping you simplify and standardize what you sell. And we'll focus on making your messaging more interesting and compelling so you attract more of the kinds of clients you want to work with and break out of the hodgepodge of referrals trap. We get your prices up, we get your workload down. We standardize, we simplify, we streamline. And we do this at a pace that feels doable, where you feel confident in every choice you make. Prices up, workload down. Registration is open now. We start Tuesday, May 7th. Come with us. Go to GeraldineCarter.com to find out more. Niche, 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 nichety, niche, niche, niche. Niche is where it's at. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast, where you'll hear from women entrepreneurs who are doing good in the world, from spark to screw up to success. Thinking big is in their core. It's in yours and it's in mine. I've traveled to 50 countries and seven continents, done an Ironman, and co-founded a company that has generated millions of dollars for sustainability. My name is Geraldine Carter, and I'm delighted to share with you conversations and coaching with amazing women. Time to get inspired and grow your impact. Have you ever felt awkward answering your kids' questions about sex? Have you ever felt clueless about when and how to have the sex talks? Well, today my guest knows exactly how you feel. Amy Lang teaches adults how to talk to kids about sex and sexuality. She teaches parents to help them with the birds and bees talks, and she does sexual abuse training for professionals and organizations that serve kids. And I know you're disappointed, but today, instead of talking about sex, we're going to talk about the super successful business that Amy has built, the mistakes, and what she's learned along the way. But before we get to Amy, I want to share with you a testimonial that just came in the other day from Ann Torres. You might remember Ann from episode 33, Developing Your Thought Leadership Platform with Triathlete Coach Ann Torres. Anna and I worked together for about six months, and it was a joy to watch her business grow in that time. Here's what she said about her experience. Working with Geraldine had a massive impact on my business, both financially and in my mindset. Geraldine challenged me to take a deeper look at my financials so I knew exactly what was going on and could clearly define my income goals. You can't reach goals if you don't define them and have all of the information, and this made an immediate financial impact. In the time we worked together, I tripled my monthly income and I'm on track to continue building throughout this year and next. Geraldine also helped me work through mindset and confidence issues and in laying the groundwork for my signature talk, articulating the message I want to shout through the rooftops. I'm so grateful to Geraldine for challenging me in the right ways, helping me to find my goals and setting me on the right path to exceeding those goals. So that's from Ann Torres. Thank you, Ann, for that lovely review. Ladies, I would love to work with you. If you're at all curious, head on over to my website, shethinksbigcoaching.com and click on the work with me tab to find out more. Now let's get back to not your typical sexy business with Amy Lang. 
Hi, Amy. Welcome to the She Thinks Big podcast. I am so excited to talk to you. I never get to talk about the business side of my business. <laughs> and your business is all about the business. It is. It's a lot of buzzing over here, amongst <laughs> other things. So one of the questions I like to lead with my guests is, you know, we are entrepreneurs now and have businesses, but we also had very early stage businesses. So what was the very first experience you had as an entrepreneur? I love this question. My very first thing that I can remember is that my friend Ashley and I made, took acorns and glued little like BBs to them to make eyes. <laughs> and then we stuck grass on to make a tail. And I can't remember if we had ears or not, but we sold little acorn mice door to door. No way. Yes. And then we also, so this is all instigated by me. For how much? I can't remember. I can't remember. Probably like a dime or something. <laughs> Acorn mice. Yes. And then we also sold mini donuts because we could make them somehow. So we did some door-to-door mini donuts. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And how old do you think you were? Tannish. Oh my God. And what were Tannish. you saving up for, do you think? No idea. A swatch? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm older than that. <laughs> no, you're not. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah, I know. I don't remember. We, I just liked the idea of having a little extra income. And then I, it was a babysitter, you know, forever. Like that was my other real income, my real job, uh-huh. which is entrepreneurial in some ways. Of course right? it is. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that was my first foray into being an entrepreneur. <laughs> that is one I have not heard before. What can I say? I'm a unique gal. (laughs) Yes, you are. You are unique. I am so excited to talk to you today because, and I've been dying to do this joke, ready? (laughs) Is that two of the things that we're supposed to know everything about in life are sex and money. And two of the things that nobody teaches us about are sex and money. And you're just supposed to know how they all work. And what ends up happening is that you fumble around in the dark and it's really painful. On both fronts. Exactly. (laughs) So we are going to talk about how your business, which relates to sex, get behind the money. I love it. Sometimes I joke that I'm a sex worker, but I'm not a sex worker. (laughs) (laughs) Of a different sort. Yes. So for those of our listeners who aren't super familiar with your work, tell us in your words a little bit about birds and bees and kids. So here's the deal. I was a sexuality educator from the time I was 21 or so, and I volunteered on a telephone hotline. I was doing pregnancy and birth control uh, counseling over the phone and I loved it. And so for the next like 16 years, that was my hobby. That's what I did for fun. And then I had a baby and I had assumed I was going to be just an amazing sex talker when it was time to talk to him about sex. And I was not, I realized (laughs) I would rather talk to a pregnant 14-year-old girl than my four-year-old about his penis. And at the time, I was working at Planned Parenthood. And what I remember like suddenly connecting the dots about was that these people did not know about sex. They didn't know how their bodies worked and their parents weren't talking to them. And so they weren't, and they weren't getting really good comprehensive sex education. So that combination of things, my like, oh my God, I can't do this, plus them, those people, made me kind of led me to this point where I was like, okay, parents need help. I need help. Parents need help. And, and I also have a master's degree in adult education. So I love teaching adults and working with adults and I love talking about sexuality. So I just thought I'll just combine these two things and I'll just teach parents how to talk about sex. 
that was it. And you're like, this will be super easy. I'll totally just nail this. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, here's the thing. I'll just make this thing up and I'll just figure out curriculum. And then I'll, I don't know, ask my friends to come to my classes. So I would teach these live little workshops. And, and then, um, I had a newsletter. What year was this? Oh, it was 2005, 2006. Okay. So we did not have this, right? Right. <laughs> so I had my newsletter. I did my little classes. And then somebody invited me to speak at their PTA. And then that's when things started rolling. From that point on, I started getting more and more PTA gigs. And I do individual consultation occasionally. But my real deal is that I love speaking. I love working with adults. I love teaching. And that's where I really, really shine. And so I just had this little business. And here's the most hilarious part of it. I thought I had invented this thing, like working with parents, teaching parents. Turns out there's this whole field called parent education. And I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. So here I am. I'm a parent educator. And I have a very specific niche, right? Very specific niche. I never know. Niche, niche, whatever. Who cares? Very specific niche around helping parents of kids age from birth to about 10 talk with their kids about sexuality, love, and relationships. So I lucked out, right? Niche is rich. Like I lucked out picking that niche. I lucked out. Like I feel like the luckiest gal on the planet because I get to do work I love, finally getting paid well for it. And so I just did not envision myself as an entrepreneur because I just wanted to help people. So you kind of, you didn't quite fall into it. You had a moment of clarity where you're like, this is something that people need. And it clearly was something that the market wanted. Yeah. You didn't have that much experience apart from selling mouse acorns door to door. Right. And donuts. And donuts. Yes. I don't want to dismiss the donuts. We don't want them to feel left out. No, no, we don't want the donuts to feel left out. Yeah. So I had not thought, so I didn't think of myself as a, as a, I thought of myself as a business. Um, but I really, my motivation was to help parents and I wanted to do this thing I love to do. And I could see people changing and how grateful they were and how, much fun they had. And I like took away all this stress from their lives. Well, not all of it, uh, about this particular part of parenting. And you know, when someone tells you good job, I mean, for me, it's like, that was excellent. I'm like, thank you. I'm going to do more. And I'm a person who does not ask for help. And that was a mistake <laughs> because, because I made a lot of mistakes along the way, which we could talk about later. But like, I didn't think of myself as an entrepreneur for a while, for a while, like probably four or five years in. And then I was like, oh, I'm running a business. Oh, I could do better at this. Oh, this is interesting to me. Hmm, I should learn more. And so I kind of, kind of started focusing on that part of my life or my business life. So what was hardest along the way in all of that? Honestly, like, what I do, like my topic matter is hard for people. And so I had a marketing issue in some ways. Uh, and so that was one of the kind of little bit of a barrier. Um, but I think the hardest thing was managing my time, uh, making mistakes. Like I got a $15,000 small business loan. What did I do with it? Yeah. What did you do with it? Excellent question. <laughs> I, to this day, I'm still paying for it. I have no idea what I did with that money. I might have bought computers, a computer. I might have paid for some kind of continuing education. I honestly don't know. 
um, I did a video. And so maybe I paid oh, for man. some of that. Yes. Right, like I'm not, I'm not good with the money. Yeah. I mean, that was the other thing too. Like I didn't know how to track all that, you know, and like you were saying, sex and money, nobody teaches you how to manage the money and nobody teaches you how to manage the sex. So I think like looking back, I did things like I went to the small business association. I had a free coach there who was great, which is something people should know about. You can get free coach business coaching through the SBA. Awesome. He was really good. He made me write a 17 page business plan. Oh God. Oh yeah. Deathly. 17 pages. It's flipping huge, like crazy town, right? We don't do that anymore. Well, yeah. yeah. Did you just like put a staple it and put it in a file drawer? Yeah. Yeah. He told, but it was Uh. kind of helpful. So that was kind of a mistake getting the support there. I learned some business stuff, but uh, I'm a cowgirl. So I was just like, I'll just wing it. I'll just wing it. So Looking back, I should have calmed down, which is one of the things. That <laughs> yeah, but that's your brand. I know. It is my brand. She's hyperactive <laughs> and puts the cart before the horse. That's her MO. Um, so looking back, I think that that money was stupid. Like, what the hell was I thinking taking that loan in the first place? I was really flattered that they would give me the money. Um, I think that getting the right kind of business support uh, would have been really good. Although I can't tell you what that would have looked like because yeah. I had access to the SBA, which has good business support. One of the other things that was really helpful to me is that my business is a special snowflake. It sure is. I am a special snowflake. So I kept trying to like be a regular business person, uh-huh. but when you're like opening gambit is, have you talked to your kids about sex? <laughs> right. And so that like I'm a special snowflake. And then I'm like, no, I'm not a special snowflake. I'm a special snowflake. I had this push pull. So finally I was like, you're a special snowflake. That's okay. And your business stuff, the business side is not so special, but I think it was this kind of like, uh, I just needed to settle into that. And when I did that, it kind of gave me some, some relief and I could focus more on the business business side of things. Um, yeah. So it's just been a, like, of course it's a process, right? And I worked part-time for years. Like I've only worked like full-time, which really isn't full-time for the past maybe four or five years since my son, you know, he's graduating from high school and doesn't need me. And, you know, so my lifestyle has changed in that respect. So I have more freedom and yeah. So it's just been really interesting to watch my process and to look back. And there are a lot of places I kick myself. Would you like to know? (laughs) They're good ones. They're the ones people should know about. So I started another business right as my business was taking off. Oh, awesome. Yeah. With a really good friend. And then I couldn't focus on birds and bees and kids and I couldn't really focus on MamaCon, but MamaCon was brilliant. So I had this big sidetrack over here with MamaCon. And then, um, so, so for took- our listeners who don't know MamaCon, so Amy Lang is based in Seattle and MamaCon is a conference for moms put on by a mutual friend and colleague, um, Leanne Cabot. Yeah. So that was a big mistake because my business is starting to take off. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go over here, which I think was a bunch of fear crap, right? Like, oh, here I go. Oh, no, no. I'm going to just shove this off to the side. So that was a big mistake. Spending money out the wazoo on like, hey, I'm going to go take this class and this conference and that conference. It's going to make me a better person. Um, No, because no. (laughs) Um, and so like I spent money on coaching, 
which was good initially. But if you don't know what you're doing, really, it's really hard to be coached. Yes. And I'm kind of a force to be reckoned with, with so <laughs> I, it, I might be kind of hard to coach. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things when I look back, I'm like, I'd spent all that money uh, on something that I came away with, like, four things that I put to use today. And I, and I think, you know, what, what, where would I be if I hadn't done that? Um, you know, I'm really good at like, okay, that happened, <laughs> moving yes. along, moving yes. right along. Um, yeah, so I just made beginner newbie mistakes. But the biggest thing for me was that monocon was a dumb move. Yeah, awesome though it may be, it is not great. Despite the fact that I said awesome, that was awesome as in like sarcasm awesome. <laughs> that it is not a good idea to divide your focus and your attention. Like you, it is hard enough to make one business go. You cannot split yourself in half and try and make two businesses go. I have multiple, I know multiple people in this very same boat right now and they don't listen to me. <laughs> I know. Maybe they'll listen to me. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's not worth it. Pick the one where your heart really is and somebody else will want that other piece. Split personalities, they ain't healthy. Mm-mm. Yeah, no, they're not healthy. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you can take a, you can take six rocks and move them forward one inch each, or you can take one rock and move it forward six inches. And really actually you can move it forward foot because you just lose so much time and attention when your mind is bouncing all around between different topics and different businesses. You just, it's not worth it. No, it's not. There's a huge opportunity cost. Yeah. And I just want to touch on the other piece that you said about being coached, especially early on. It is so hard to know what you need at the beginning right? Like, you know, you need help, right? But you don't know what help you need. Right. 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 So you just keep on trying different people, different coaches, different expertises, different consultants, and you're trying to do all the things to try and figure out what sticks. And I've had, you know, a similar experience as well with trying to figure all that out and being like, what is the help I need? I don't even know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I need so much help. I don't even know what the help is that I need. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. And now what's cool is I've gotten much more clear about where I need help. And the other lesson I have learned is to wait, mm. just to wait. Like when I go to a conference and somebody's trying to upsell me into something, I just tell myself, no buying, no buying. And if I really want that thing, I'll go pay full price. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll go pay full price. And weirdly, in the last several years, I've bought once. Awesome. Yeah, I bought once and it was worth it. And I can't wait to go back. I learned a ton. One of the best conferences I've ever been to. And so that I allowed myself to do. So I just tell myself to wait before I make a big purchase like that. Uh-huh. I also, when I have another business idea, I have a holding tank. Yeah. And I just, I use Asana and I'll just put like, okay, here's my brilliant business. Like I have this whole idea about napkins. Don't ask. Um, <laughs> So I just have the napkin thing and I just downloaded all the ideas about the napkins. And so that's over here. That's over here on the side. And I get to like be creative and be entrepreneurial in a different way, but I don't do anything because I can't. Yeah. Or if I haven't, like I make, I make myself wait. Like I couldn't do the podcast. It's called Just Say This, by the way. Yes. We'll talk about it and we'll look into it in the show notes. Yeah. So I couldn't do my podcast until I had... I can't remember what I'd achieved some kind of bigger, like another thing I was working on. So when that was done, then I could do the podcast and I held the podcast. I wrote all the things. I got all the business out of me and it was waiting in the wings. And so I'm a carrot gal. So I got a reward and my reward was to do the podcast. 
And that way I can focus on it. Well, one of the things that you're speaking to in a couple of different ways is that, that when we make decisions really quickly, sometimes too quickly without giving ourselves time to kind of consider all the angles and all the details. And this isn't to say that we should overthink decisions, but that sometimes it helps to slow the game down mm-hmm. that you end up saving a lot of money and you also end up making your life easier because instead of like piling onto your plate 50 things where your plate only fits like four things, you just wait on the ones that are important. When you've got room, you put it on your plate and then you've got room to handle it. And doing it any other way is just a recipe for overworking yourself, making yourself crazy, and in the end being less effective because yep. like you just end up spinning in circles and kicking up a bunch of dust. Yep, absolutely. And you know, that other thing about like buying services, getting coaching, going to conferences, endless webinars, you know, being on your Facebook, endless, no offense, endless number of specialized groups. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not doing what you're learning, there's a bunch of guilt involved. I spent right. the money. Right. I went, you know, I traveled all the way across the United States and it cost me X number of bucks to get there, X number of bucks to attend the conference. And then I had to eat while I was there and to have a hotel. And so like if, for me, when I don't, when I do that and then I don't put anything into play afterwards, sometimes I have some like guilt and disappointment and I'm like, okay, it's like too much. Yeah. So like, I love what you said about like, figure out the rocks, like figure out the rocks of your work and then figure out the rocks of where do I need to focus right now? Like, where am I falling apart? Where do I really need coaching? Like, I really need you to coach me, but I am not there quite yet. I've got too much going on. I can't focus on it. Uh, so I know that I have you waiting in my wings. I'll probably usually use you as a reward. Um, And I know that, but I'm not going to just jump into it because I can't necessarily afford it. I won't give it the time it deserves. I'll be distracted um, and I will be wasting your time and maybe wasting my time. Yes. And your own money and then feeling guilty on top of it to boot. Right. Why do that to ourselves? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. What do you think has surprised you the most about building your business? I was hyper-focused on kind of my way or the highway. Like, this is how things should be. This is how my business should be. These are the people I should be marketing to. I'm, I'm only doing X, Y, and Z. And so I was kind of rigid in my thinking and in my focus in terms of who my clients are. I uh, love working with parents. And so I got really hooked into making parents' lives easier. And I like all the like, oh, you're awesome. You changed my life stuff. Like who doesn't? Um, And so I really hung out in that parent space. So here's the um, dirty little secret of parent education. Uh, Parents don't pay for parenting help. Mm, Right? Interesting. Right? Parents don't pay. I've never, well, I have because, you know, I'm a parent educator. Parents don't pay unless they're in desperation, unless they're really worried, unless they're, they stumble upon. Uh, but generally speaking, people aren't forking out money to improve their parenting. Yes. Uh, you know, mistake, just saying. Um, <laughs> nobody else knows how to do parenting intuitively. Uh, some people are better at it than others. So that was the first thing that I didn't really, like, I waited for and tried to like, okay, come on parents. And then I didn't see that the place for the money for me is, is B2B. It's business to business. Mm -hmm. So a PTA hiring me, they're going to hire me. They need speakers. That's business to business, right? Um, 
a parent hiring me individually is that's very rare uh, and I just didn't get that like I didn't make that oh b2b is better right so how am I gonna push on the b2b I'm gonna reach a lot ton of parents I reach 50 parents at once yeah uh, I am um, I don't do coaching. I do consulting, which is basically means I boss you around and you do what I tell you or not. Um, and so that, if I had seen that sooner and really like, that's where I didn't have the entrepreneurial mind. Right. I was like, yeah, I'm helping people. Yay. I'm going to increase my prices. I hope nobody says no. <laughs> right. Um, and you know, for me and my parent educator community in my local community, I'm one of the highest paid parent educators. And that's because lots of people are not in that um, entrepreneurial mindset, right? So they all freak out when I charge nine fifty for a PTA event, and they're all like, "Hi, hi!" And I'm like, "Okay, a, I'm me. I've been doing this for a really long time in our community, and b, you have to charge at least as much as I do or close because you're undermining everyone." Right. Right. So getting my colleagues to like, come on, charge 550, charge 550, charge 650. But what if they won't pay? They will pay. They will pay or they won't. Yes. Right? This is painful stuff. Like we need right. these problems solved. They will pay for it. Yes. 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 They will pay for it. And, um, and you know, and your stuff's not controversial, right? Their stuff's not controversial. Right. I'm controversial right. central, right? Right. right. <laughs> right? <laughs> So, um, so for me, that was like one of the biggest shifts in my business. Uh, so I do also, like you said at the beginning, I work with parents for sure. And then I also work with kids serving organizations. So I do training for child cares and preschool teachers and like boys and girls clubs. And I teach them about sexual behavior in children, uh, which is really sexual abuse prevention. And that's where the money is. They almost always have me do a parent class as well, but I get in there and I work in this way that fulfills my mission. I want every child to grow up to be a whole, healthy, happy adult. I work with adults, which I love. I teach them something that is super hard, but as you can probably imagine, I'm fun and funny. Uh, so I make it as gentle as I can. Um, and so that whole switch for me, which has really been in the last two years, it feels so good because I'm still doing the work that I want to do. I'm still impacting people's lives. And my, like, you know, my whole deal is about kids. I don't give a crap about adults. I mean, I do because I need them, but I really am all about kids. Like I want children to be healthy and safe and I need the adults that are with them to help them achieve that and to keep them safe. So where do you want to go with all this? just a little world domination. <laughs> I, my, my dream is that I am at a conference and I say to like, I'm 80. I'm like Dr. Ruth, who's 90. She's crazy? 90. Oh yeah. She's older than God's dog. Um, oh she's God. amazing. Anyway, um, she has a new series on some channel and she has a new book out. Anyway, sidetrack. Uh, so my dream is that I am in an audience, in, in a, you know, I have an audience of like 500 people and I say, how many of you, cause this is a question I always ask, how many of you, how many of your parents talk to you about sex? And I want everyone in that room to stand up. Oh my That's God. My, like super dream. Wow. That's my super dream. Yeah. Like that would be, tell me that I have 
I've arrived. <laughs> arrived. So that's one of my dreams um, for parents and for kids. And then with regard to the uh, sexual behavior training and the sexual abuse training, uh, I've been working in the Air Force with the Air Force consulting with them. And I would like to be in every branch of the, of the military, that this is how they keep their kids safe. This is where they go for their sexual abuse prevention training. Uh, most youth serving organizations do this sort of online crap or a little like, hey, these are the signs of abuse in general. They don't dig into this. And the way our culture is right now, like we're seeing um, lots of sexual behavior in kids, it's concerning. Yeah. And so if they all have this same space that they're coming from, like this is how we assess behavior. This is when we get a child help, especially in those really stressed communities. You know, that would be amazing. Amazing. And clearly I need to grow my team because I can't just, you know. Yeah, right. You can't shoulder that by yourself. Not quite. Yeah. So perfect. Next question then. What do you think you need in your business in order to take it to the next level? I need to get my poop in a group about some things, um, <laughs> personally, uh, financially. Um, I need to find those folks who can do the sexual abuse prevention side of my work. I have two colleagues that are totally, they have the right training, they have the right background to teach it. So I need a team. I need a team of educators mm-hmm. and then, um, and I need my assistant who is a rock star to probably work for me like almost full time. Um, and we'll get there with her. I think the way my work is, she could probably work 20 hours a week. Um, but yeah, so that's what I need. I like, I need to swell up my team. I need more educators so I can get into those, um, you know, just have a broader reach, have a broader reach. Oh, awesome. I love it. I like to end with a question that gets you some of the help that you might be looking for that for whatever reason you haven't found yet. So if you have one thing you could ask the She Thinks Big community for, what would it be? I have to think about this. Um, What do you really want? Like I, I, what I really, okay. So let me think here. So what I, what I really want is connections into youth serving organizations that, I mean, part of it is budget right? Like I'm just, sorry, I'll say it again, but part of it, I mean, I always get worried about their budgets. I mean, I, and the, so the oh. if you weren't worried about their wallets, what would you want? Okay. Got it. What I would love is connections to folks who are high up in training for youth serving organizations. So like at the national level in boys and girls club, uh, at the national level in, uh, Girl Scouts or Campfire. So these organizations that have work with tons of kids and offer training, but don't offer training like I offer training. Yeah. That would be amazing for me. And it needs to be someone who like, they all have these trainer folk that that's their job. Uh, So it might be someone who is maybe not the CEO, but down a notch or two that's looking at human resources type that, I don't know what, if that's the right area. So that would be super helpful to me. Um, and you know, I have like, I like working in those communities and I always feel like I'm doing so much, so much good when I'm there. And then, and then them offering a parenting component too, because you know, I'm a full, I'm a, like, I have a big show I can do for everybody. I can help everyone. So what it sounds like, what I'm hearing in that is connecting to the people at the higher levels of national organizations so that you can bring your material, which is so important to parents and anybody else who's around kiddos, 
around how to be healthy around all things sex and sexuality and being able to educate people, get your tentacles in at much larger scale. That, yes, that is exactly it. Also terrifies me a tiny bit, but- Well, then you're in the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're not slightly terrified, you're not doing the right thing. Right, right, exactly, exactly. And running from the terror is not a good idea because that, that's what gets <laughs> in the way of things, right? Yes, totally. <laughs> then you're off being distracted by helping somebody else grow their business. Exactly. So let's end this with, can you give us a little bit of parenting advice and a little bit of business advice? Okay, parenting, here's what you need to know. When your kids are birth to 12, you have the most influence over their sexual health and their sexual decision making. So if you don't get in the door early, you're gonna lose a lot of your power because by the time they're 13, their peers take over. So when your kids are in this like birth to 12 time, their peers have like the tiniest amount of influence, like 10% and you've got 90% influence. So right now in our culture, you've got to start influencing I know this is uncomfortable. There's tons of resources on my website, but the sooner you start talking to them, the better it goes for them, for you. You know, the conversations don't have to be scary. They can be really fun and funny, but your kids really, really need you to take this on. This is part of parenting. It's unavoid an unavoidable part of parenting. So don't be scared. It's kind of, you just need to do it. Like parenting's hard, no matter what, right? So you can have hard parenting with a good outcome, hard parenting with a crappy outcome. So go for the good. Yes. And usually, and usually harder when we avoid doing the things that we need to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so just add this to your list and uh, remember like for you, like not having enough information, how that impacted you. And if your parents had talked to you openly and consistently from the time you were really tiny until you were out of the nest, pretty sure you would have made different decisions about your sexuality and your sex life and all that and your relationships. Yes. Me. And if you're talking to me, yes. And if you're talking to my listeners, probably yes. Oh yeah. Trust me. Yes. <laughs> Nobody got enough. Yes. <laughs> Nobody got enough. Okay. And some business advice. Okay. Here's my business advice. Niche, 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 nichety, niche, niche, niche. Niche is where it's at. What I mean is, and people hear this all the time, don't be afraid to pick a niche. So my niche in the parent education world is sexual health education from birth until tennis. Could I be more nichey? Nope. Everyone knows to come to me. Everyone knows to get information from me. Parent educators know to come to me. Parents know to come to me. And when I hear people that are like, I'm going to be a coach, who do you work with? Women. Yeah. So what kind of women? Women are not a niche. Yeah. What kind of women? Women entrepreneurs who have teenagers who are out of the nest, who are divorced and live in California. Like, I guess my advice is don't be afraid to make it small because within the narrowness, there's a ton of expansion and room. Yes. It's, I like to think of it, I like to use the metaphor of it being like a lighthouse. A lighthouse does not put out a broad, diffuse signal. No, it puts out a very narrow band of signal that goes super far out and it rotates on a certain frequency and it blinks in a pattern so that you can figure out if you're lost in the fog at sea, what lighthouse you're looking at and you can see the light from far away. Exactly. But if there was just this diffuse glow, you would have no idea if that was like phosphorescence or bioluminescence or <laughs> the moon or the stars or what, right? Yeah. Like you've got to put out a clear signal yeah. so that people can find you. Yes. yes Otherwise yes. your boat's just going to wash up on other rocky shores. Exactly. And 
you're not going to know where you are. Exactly. So don't be afraid to pick a niche. And some people, we do need generalists. Of course, we need generalists. Yes. But we really need specificists. I don't know where you just made that up. Right? We really need that because we need specialists because I'm like looking for something particular. in particular. If I Google, you know, I'm sorry I'm using coaching all the time, but if I Google coach, but I really need a coach to help me with my teenage son. So I'm going to want a specialist in my teenage son, my autistic teenage son, right? Like I, if I found someone who specialized in that, I'd be like, oh, yes. so clearly this person knows exactly what my struggles are and knows exactly what I need and knows how to help me solve things. Exactly. And niche is rich. Awesome, Amy. This has been so great. I've really enjoyed having you. Thank you so much for coming on the She Thinks Big podcast. I am so happy to be here. I love talking about business. I get tired of talking about sex. (laughs) I absolutely love talking with Amy. She's so down to earth, funny, and never takes herself too seriously. Here's some things I picked up from Amy that I want to touch on. The first is how helpful it is to niche down. Niching down makes it so much easier to refer people to you. And when you niche down, it doesn't mean that you only have to serve people in that niche if they come to you. You can still have a choice to say yes or no to working with someone outside your niche. It doesn't mean that you're locked in, but it does make your business so much easier. The second thing is around not asking for help. Not asking for help can delay your success and just makes the journey harder. Asking for help doesn't mean you're weak, stupid, needy, or don't know what you're doing, or whatever else you might have, in air quotes, needing help tied up with in your mind. The third thing is around waiting before making big purchases. It can be so easy to spend a lot of money in your business, and sometimes it can feel like a runaway train of spending. Slowing things down can help you make wiser purchases. And I want to call particular attention to this phrase that Amy slipped in. She said, I didn't envision myself as an entrepreneur because I just wanted to help people. Ladies, helping people and being an entrepreneur are not on the same axis. They are not at opposing ends of the pendulum. It is not the more you help people, the less of an entrepreneur you are. And the more of an entrepreneur you are, the less you help people. You can be an entrepreneur and help people. In fact, you can help lots of people by being an entrepreneur. And if that's not clear to you, just look at Oprah Winfrey, incredibly successful entrepreneur and huge impact helping millions of people. So if helping people is what you want to do, then be an entrepreneur and make money. The more money you make, the more people you can help. And I'm going to be direct here. If you're stuck in the, in air quotes, I just want to help people, then check in with yourself because it might be wrapped up in your identity and you might be playing a role of martyr. And anytime you play martyr, you also play victim because those two roles are two sides of the very same coin. And ladies, I know you want to have a big impact in the world. And I hope you will open your arms up wide to being an entrepreneur and making the money that you need to support your big vision. So I want to know what were your key takeaways? Come share in the She Thinks Big Facebook group. Go to Facebook and search She Thinks Big and I will let you in. One more request. If you enjoy an episode, will you share it? When you share an episode that helps someone, they win. 
I win because I get more listeners and downloads and you win because when you help somebody, you look good. When you share an episode, everybody wins. So if you want to share an episode and you're listening in Apple podcasts, go to the little three dot ellipse in the lower right hand corner and press on that and you will see the little share icon. To find out more about Amy and her work, her workshops and her books, and the impact her work is having in the world, you can go to her website, birdsandbeesandkids.com. Also be sure to check out her podcast, which is called Just Say This. And just to give you a flavor, topics range from, is it okay to be naked in front of your kids? To, girl gets rape threat on Snapchat and doesn't want parents to know. To, daughter has crush on non-binary kid. So she covers the spectrum of questions that you might have. And remember, her big ask is a connection to someone at the high levels of organizations like Girl Scouts or Campfire, so that she can increase the size of the audience she reaches and the number of kids she impacts. All right, ladies, that's it from me. Have a great week. Hi again. Would you rather spend your weekends outside playing or at your desk? In Down to 40 Hours CPA Mastermind, we put an end to overworking while maintaining revenue. Registration is open now, but it won't be for long. Go to GeraldineCarter.com now to enroll today.